Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, October 1st, 2023. We've got another great show for you this week. We have Oliver Rennick from the Schwab Network, who's going to be breaking down markets. And then we'll be taking a look back at one of our recent segments on evaluating retirement income solutions. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. Well, we're going to kick off the show with a look at markets and the economy. Joining us on the line, he is the lead anchor for the Schwab Network, Oliver Rennick. Oliver, always great to chat with you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Jeff. Anytime. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate your analysis, really thoughtful analysis. Oliver, it's been a great week of programs. Uh, you you bookend the programming on Schwab Network. Give us a skinny. Give us your take on the market first, and we'll go to the economy. Sure. Well, looking at the market purely from a chart and technical perspective, there was a pretty big break of an important level this week, and that's around 4,350 on the S&P 500. So to just kind of leave everything aside for a moment, sometimes it's simplest to just go with what the price action tells us. And the price action tells us that going into the inflation print on Friday, bears are gaining an edge. And that can be seen by a lower high and a lower low on the S&P 500 now over the last uh, month and a half. So stocks have started to begin a technical downtrend. But there is a bit of a battle happening, and it's in the chart at 43.50. So we already kind of broke below there. So it does look like we broke below a level that had been previous support on the chart and is arguably the neckline of what's called a head and shoulders pattern, which is bearish generally, and people see that in the chart right now. That's kind of up to your own interpretation, though. But what's really not up for interpretation is that equities are softening and the level is weakening, and it's an important level because it's where the S&P 500 jumped to after NVIDIA's blowout earnings back in May. So when NVIDIA had this extraordinary report that totally, to some extent, justified and encouraged this big AI rally, the S&P surged and it got to 43.50. And then it had some more upside beyond that. But that's the level that was very symbolic in terms of the artificial intelligence tech trade on the overall bull run of the last 11 months. And right now, the macro pressures that are building and Herding stocks are locking horns with that other tech theme right at this forty through fifty level. All right, Oliver. So we haven't we've had it on the show since we launched BRN Sunday six plus seven years ago, almost every week. And I feel like we have had the same not the same conversation, but I've asked you this question before about recession because. Every time I turn on the news, and I don't watch the news every day, but I, when I say that I turn on the news, I flip, you know, if I'm not looking at Schwab Network. You're on the Schwab Network. I'm on the Schwab <laughs> Network, but I also go, you know, I might be on the New York Post site, whatever. There's always some economist saying there's going to be a recession. There's going to be a recession. And, you yeah, know, if you – if you t- the sun will burn out. There I know. Will be. Right, and it will. And it, it will. will. In about a billion-plus years, the sun's going to burn out. Or it's <laughs> exactly. going to, it's going to uh-huh. expand. Exactly. So – how do you resolve what's going on in the market? And I, I like you a lot personally, but I also like your thoughtful analysis on this because I feel like you, you use um, – you're very technical. 
And so how do you resolve what's happening in the market with the economic numbers that we get, the good job numbers, yes. the tight labor market, um, you know, forget, forgetting current deficit numbers because our government is spending money at a egregious pace. Mm-hmm. But how do you resolve mm-hmm. that all? Because people haven't – I'm looking well, at something. Well, that's part of it. Yeah. Anyway, I go mean, ahead. That's part of it is that the fiscal side is still playing an important role. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act was stimulative in, in ways. The semiconductor uh, legislation was – arguably stimulative in some ways. Putting off student loans for a long time was stimulative. Now that's going to end, but generally the fiscal backdrop has been supportive for the economy. And the technical answer, uh, the best we can do basically to try and assess the odds of recession are looking at the yield curve in the bond market. And um, a lot of people kind of get a little uh, cynical about that, Uh, but it frankly is sort of the the best, one of the best gauges of recession that we've had since 1970, the yield curve inverts going into recession, and then it uninverts as the recession hits, basically. See, a lot of people focus on the inversion of the yield curve because it says, oh, recession should happen within a certain amount of time, but it's mm-hmm. a pretty long period of time. And what really is very useful is that when the yield curve uninverts, that usually happens more closely aligned with the actual occurrence of the recession because it happens because the Fed cuts rates to prevent us from going into recession. And that's what everybody came into this year thinking would happen. They would think the Fed was going to be cutting almost by now, basically, not quite by now, but early going into 2024. Nobody really thought that the Fed would be able to push out rate cuts at the same time as raising their growth expectations and lowering their unemployment expectations. And as that's happened, the yield curve has widened out without any cuts, as the odds of cuts go down, actually. So if we believe the bond market, then it's doing something that it's pretty much never really done before, as far as I know. Usually when the yield curve inverts, the recession comes, it uninverts because the Fed cuts. The bond market is telling us that over the last three months, the data have been so surprisingly good. Not only is the recession not imminent, but we might actually get a wave of upside growth before whatever comes next. That's what is throwing everything out of whack right now, because stock valuations actually soared on the assumption that the economy would deteriorate and the Fed would cut. And now that's getting priced out. The economy is actually stable. It's doing some very interesting things to the bond market that really never really happened before. So even though yields are going up, and there's a lot of relationships right now that look exactly like they did last year. Dollars going up while yields go up. Crude oil's going up while the dollar goes up. Bonds are selling off at the same time as stocks. That's what's been going on now for a month, and it's the definition of what happened last year. So, yes, a lot of things do look very similar to last year, but the one thing that's very different is that the yield curve is expanding while treasuries are selling off. Last year, the yield curve was contracting while treasuries were selling off because the Fed was forcing it to, basically. This time around, though, it looks like, actually, if you believe the bond market, we're going to have a pretty good bit of runway until things get a lot worse. Well, I mean, it's just really hard to judge. You know, you turn on some of the networks, Oliver, and I know this isn't – you get a a wide – the data is very mixed. It is natural. People, you're going to get totally conflicting messages. It's a really hard read if you don't trust this signal from the bond market. And it's not that the bond market is, you know, this is absolutely what it means. It's just that is the best interpretation we've got. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, so. I, I agree with you. Oliver, next week when you come back, I do want to talk international. So just want to plant a seed with you and for the audience. I would love to talk about China, India, what's going on in those two countries. I'm not talking about politically. I'm talking about economically. I think there's a lot <laughs> okay. there, there. Oliver Rennick, always great to chat with you. Man, you break it down so that even a simpleton like I, like me, can understand it. Great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll Thanks, talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye. All right, see you then. Welcome back. You know, recently I sat down with Broad Ridge's Michael Kleeman and Endeavor Retirement's Bonnie Trichel to discuss reshaping the perception of the top retirement income objectives. Let's give it a listen. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Michael Kleeman is with Broad Ridge and Bonnie Trichel is with Endeavor Retirement. Bonnie, Michael, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Uh, so, Michael, I want to start with you because retirement preparedness, top of mind, and depending on who you talk to, plan sponsors, advisors, record keepers, participants, they all have a different perspective on how to get there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the popular new ways to solve from retirement preparedness. And one of those is retirement income solutions. Tell us a little bit about those. You know, great. Thanks, Jeffrey, for having me. And um, yeah, it's a really great question. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the start of your question there, right? Individual participants and individual employees, we're hearing it all the time these days that they're looking for security, uh, certainty, and consistency when it comes to their retirement income. Um, you know, our industry, I think, has has really focused on accumulation of assets and accumulation of wealth for our clients. And, and that's been great, right? It's critical to have assets stockpiled for the future. Uh, but the vast majority of Americans have lived their lives getting a paycheck every two weeks or every month, right, and, and budgeting their lifestyle and expenses accordingly. Uh, and what the defined contribution system has been giving them is a, a single pot of funds at the time they retire that, quite frankly, most people are not fully equipped to manage. 
Um, so to, to better help people, you know, plan their lifestyle, uh, ensure they don't overspend, ensure that they don't outlive their savings, uh, that's where retirement income solutions come into play. Um, so retirement income solutions, right, are products and services designed to distribute accumulated plan assets safely, efficiently, and economically to participants when they retire. Uh, and these solutions can come in many different sizes and shapes, but a high level, you break them down into three types of categories, insurance-based offerings, investment-based offerings, or a hybrid combination of the two. Uh, and with insured income solutions, think annuities, which will provide a more fixed or guaranteed income for a set period of time. Uh, with the second category, investment-based offerings, we're looking more along the lines of like designated payout vehicles, managed accounts that are going to provide systematic withdrawals for you in your retirement. Uh, and then there are the hybrid solutions, which are which are really just that, a combination of guaranteed income portions, as well as rare access to the money that, you know, similar to those investment-based offerings. Uh, these kind of new breed of retirement income solutions really began to take off uh, in 2019 when um, Congress passed the SECURE Act 1.0, uh, which, you know, did a couple of things, uh, namely added a fiduciary safe harbor for the selection of these solutions, enabled the ability to make these offerings portable between plans or take them out of the plan, uh, and required disclosures of lifetime income amounts to participants on their annual statements so they can have a better look at, at kind of where they're lining up. So I think really this combination of participant demand, legislative action, and then innovation from product manufacturers, record keepers, and industry entities has really helped to kind of begin to usher in a new era of retirement preparedness for our industry. Yeah, really good point. Bonnie, I want to bring you in here because, um, you know, as, as Michael said, there's a ton of different products that are out there, new products, new innovations, but there, there have been objections and the objections are around fees, complexity, liquidity, portability. Um, but hasn't really, hasn't the retirement industry solved for these objections? Yeah, great question. And, you know, it's fun that we're having this conversation today because I think when we think about retirement income solutions, um, it's not a new term, right? And so you ask the question, haven't we already solved for this, right? Haven't we already figured this out? And these retirement income solutions, they're not new. They've been around for a long time. But as Michael was just talking about, you know, we had Secure Act of 2019, which gave us really, I, from my perspective, it sparked this new opportunity to solve for some of these things you just mentioned, solve for some of these obstacles like fees, like complexity, portability. And it really has come a long way. We've made great strides, but there's still a ways to go. And so I think there's kind of two things going on here. There's the perception that still exists that these old problems are still going on today. And then there's the second part, which is that while we've solved for many of these problems or hurdles, there's still some of them that are still lingering that we're still working on. So there's a couple of things to think about, right? One is that we do have legislative initiatives like Secure 1.0 and then followed by Secure 2.0, which have tried to solve for some of these issues. We have the regulatory side of things. So going back, you know, to 2012, 2013, 2014, and now I think it's still coming forward, we do have regulators who are 
coming alongside legislators to try to solve for some of these hurdles. And then we have nonprofits that are coming to the table or groups that are forming, um, both formally and informally, groups like DECIA, the Retirement Income Consortium, NAPA, or the American Retirement Association. They're coming together and saying, how can we help to educate advisors and plan sponsors and bring things to the table to, again, get around some of these hurdles? So. I, I think there's two parts we just want to keep in mind there. One, there's these legacy solutions or products that really did have some of these problems, but now we have the the new uh, the new solutions coming to the table alongside where we need to think about, hey, how how have we solved for these things? How can we change those perceptions while there's these new things in the making? And I think Michael will probably help us think about that a little bit more. Yeah, and, and Michael, just pivoting back to you, uh, Bonnie discussed several groups. One area I want to focus on is the Retirement Income Consortium, because that's something that Broadridge founded to bring together all the data needed to make that fiduciary decision, something that we've covered on the network numerous times, the fiduciary decision to work in the best interest of participants. First, what's the Retirement Income Consortium? Give us a sh sh short snippet about it. And then has it been helpful in overcoming the objections we were talking about fees? portability, liquidity, complexity? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I'm, I'm always very excited to talk about the Retirement Income Consortium. I'm very proud of the work that we're doing there. Um, and so the consortium was founded in early 2022 uh, with the shared goal of supporting greater access uh, for workers to high quality retirement income solutions. Um, so as you mentioned, right, um, initially kind of brought together by Broadridge, um, but the consortium really is, it's, it's a collective, it's a comprehensive expertise in the retirement space from leading asset management firms and insurance firms as, as members of the consortium, as well as a number of industry experts, again, in the support of you know, trying to make financial security a reality for all Americans. So again, as we've kind of mentioned before, right, Secure 2019, Secure Act 1.0, um, this continued focus has really been kind of a national conversation. Um, Broadridge with the uh, FI360 business unit, right, has really been focused on fiduciary excellence for, for 20 plus years now. And so we wanted to bring that kind of lens and that insight into the retirement income space. Um, so we launched the consortium with, with the idea to create a due diligence framework for retirement income solution evaluation. And as a forum to work with the retirement income solution providers um, and other kind of critical players in the industry to better educate advisors and plan sponsors on these types of offerings. So, you know, that, that due diligence framework that I mentioned, right, we call that the prudent practices for retirement income solutions. And we uh, released that and published that uh, at the very end of December of 2022. Um, and that really is kind of a, a, a detailed document that uh, publishes criteria for comparing retirement income solutions um, based on a collection of legislation, uh, regulation, and case law. And, and identification of common characteristics across different types of retirement income. And these practices are designed to help advisors or, or really any fiduciary conduct due diligence on these in-plan offerings. Um, so they provide guidance to the retirement plan advisor to help them you know, go through this process of selecting uh, a retirement income offering or retirement income offerings for their plans, help them document the reasoning for this, um, and monitor their selections on an ongoing basis. And so these practices, right, the, the goal of the consortium is to kind of just, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. We want to educate the industry at large. So these practices are made, you know, freely available to anyone 
Um, you can find them on the Retirement Income Consortium website. And they're really a critical component to kind of furthering the discussion around this. Uh, the other kind of second big thing I'll hit on that the consortium is, is really proud of the work that we're doing is that kind of educational webinar series that we've put on. Um, more than a dozen webinars now at this point in time, um, and, and we're getting, you know, really connecting with the advisor and fiduciary community. Uh, more than 300 live attendees in each webinar, we're averaging um, a thousand plus uh, on-demand views after the fact, where we're bringing together uh, plan sponsors who have implemented retirement income solutions in their plan advisors who have done so, um, various industry experts, um, legal experts, to talk about the different aspects of retirement income solutions, some of the objections related to those solutions, and how an advisor or fiduciary uh, can kind of think about these and implement these into their plans. So very excited about the work of the consortium. Uh, we've got a lot coming up over the next few weeks and months, um, continuing to develop more materials, uh, participant guides, that kind of speak in, in layman's terms to the individual participant on what these solutions are. Uh, an advisor handbook that's really gonna tie all the different aspects together, um, as well as investment policy statements um, and guidance and language there that can help an advisor when they're putting together these plans. So a lot more to look forward to from the consortium in the near future. And, and Bonnie, I wanna uh, shift back to you. We have to go to a commercial break in a minute or so, but I wanna come back to you because Michael laid out some thoughts about uh, some documentation for fiduciary best practices with four advisors, and it seems like it's very well attended. A lot of people tuning in, they wanna learn more. How do we move the needle? How do we get this to the top of the list in the fiduciary quarterly meetings that we've all we've all been participating in for years and years and years? Yeah, great question. And there's a lot of different places we could start, right? And I think, you know, as Michael laid out, there's lots of great resources out there. But from my perspective, it really all starts with this and education. I think going back to something Michael said at the beginning of the segment, we've really helped people with the accumulation phase. We've really helped people to save money. But how do we create that awareness around the need to focus on what does it look like to take money out? And I think, you know, it's a couple of things. It's that awareness around what is the need? Why is this important now? And I think, you know, it's things like understanding that lack of access to a DB plan or defined benefit plan. Folks are living longer now. That's just simple math. People are living longer. So we have to address that need and we have to help people have that education and awareness around what does that paycheck look like on the first day of retirement and how do they have a sustainable paycheck throughout retirement? And I think it's just creating that awareness around there is a need, that need is right now. And how do we help people, as you mentioned, put that on the agenda it doesn't even have to be at the top, but we got to get it on the agenda for those quarterly meetings. And that starts with the education and awareness from my perspective. Well, that was certainly a great segment. I want to thank Michael and Bonnie for stopping by the program to help break it down. We got to really dispel those myths. It is really an evolving retirement income marketplace. Lots to learn there for plan sponsors, advisors, and of course, participants. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a great topic, and of course, we always have a great guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.